Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. I believe God is going to do something today. Um, I worked at Hillsong College for a long time, and when I resigned, we pastored a church in the UK, my husband and I, and my daughter and her husband, for 20 years. And then we moved to South Africa, then we came here. So when I left college, I'm like, okay, Jesus, can I, I'm ready to go preach now. And he's like, Margaret, I don't need another preacher. I'm like, we could have said before I left college. So <laughs> I need a minister. And we're all called to minister. You don't need a microphone or a stage or lights to love people. We're all called to ministry. And we can minister to our neighbours, to ourselves, to our families. And that's what God's called us for. But today... I'm believing God to do what only he can do. Are you up for that? I don't know about you. I don't need another meeting. I need to meet with Jesus. And he's here to meet with us today. So if you're able and willing as you're standing, put your hand on your heart because that's where the issues flow from. And if you're visiting, just come on the journey. Why not? Who knows what God could do? Pray with me out loud. Jesus, thank you that today I'm going to be challenged. I'm going to be changed. I want to be more like you. You're able. I'm willing. So let's do this. Amen. Amen. He heard you. He heard you. You said, I want to be challenged. I want to be changed. And he is cheering in heaven. You can sit down, at least for a moment. <laughs> we'll see what he does. Um, I love that it's, it's Pentecost. I believe God is going to fill people today with his Holy Spirit. So be ready. Um, and I think some of us just got dry and he's going to refresh um, but my title is, Let's Talk About Jesus. And, I, you know, a lot of people talk about church. But church for a lot of people is a wall word. They just go, oh, I don't do church. But I've never ever had someone say, don't talk about Jesus. And I was having coffee with someone who doesn't go to church, who's a great friend. And I was just talking about how kind Jesus is. And I carried on talking. She said, stop, stop, stop. What do you mean kind? How do you mean he's kind? She didn't have that concept of Jesus, and we unpacked it. And afterwards, Holy Spirit really challenged me. He said, what fragrance or blessing or part of me do you leave with people when you talk? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And it's really challenged me. It's like, how, what aspect of Jesus do they know more of or are reminded of when they spend time with you? I'm like, oh, I better work on that then. And if I'm going there, you're coming with me. <laughs> We don't want to do this alone. We're family. And if you don't know, we're all going to spend heaven together, <laughs> like it or not. And Jesus is very real to me and to you because that's why you're here. And if you're not, there, he's going to be. But, you know, when I say talk about him, people are like, what do you mean? Well, we're going to talk about him, but these are some of the things. If you were just, this is some of the things. I could spend a week telling you what you could talk about. But these are some of these things. But before we start, I just want to say, because it's Pentecost Sunday, Let's be expectant. You know, they didn't know what they were waiting for in the upper room. Don't you love that? Can you imagine? Do you know what we're waiting for? No. Did he tell you? No. Well, what are we waiting for? I don't know. But I think God's like today, he's in heaven going, mm -hmm. I know what they're waiting for. And in Acts 1 and verse 8, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. It's for purpose. Induce Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The whole point of Holy Spirit, he helps us to witness. He really does. He takes us on that journey where you can't help it. 
And, and I don't mean weird, please. You know, Jesus didn't go around saying, good afternoon, I'm the son of God, here on a mission to do you good. He didn't do that. He, the Bible said he did so much good, there aren't enough books to contain it. So just do good. And when people ask you why, don't go, Jesus sent me. He didn't do that. He just did lots of good. We should baffle people. People should be like, why do they, why do, they do that? Because he loves us unconditionally, we can love unconditionally. We don't have to explain him away. So, of course, no one here would do that. <laughs> and in John, I love John's gospel. There's lots of Jesus in John. If you haven't read John for a while, just have a, note, a fresh read, especially in these hot weekends. It's like Jesus hung with John a lot. You know, John pushed in. He was like, I want to be close. It's a bit like me. And John 1, 15, it says, John taught the truth about him. And we need to talk to people about the truth that Jesus brings. It's not complicated. Oh, can I just explain that this platform isn't mine? Holy Spirit, when, when I'm talking, Holy Spirit is telling me what to do. Um, and um, I wanted to say something else, but he's not going to let me. Um, and so that whole thing of let's talk to Jesus and actually do it, he wants to take us on a journey with that. Okay? He wants us to be confident. But some of you are overthinkers. I know, I'm sorry, but I am going there. Who's the overthinkers? Yeah. Oh, my goodness me. The thing is, when we overthink things, we can miss the moment, can't we? Who of you have talked yourself out of something very quickly and into something else very quickly, overthinking it? Yeah, but what if he did? And what if he doesn't? What if I have him? What if I didn't? And what will they think? I don't care what you think. I don't. I care what he thinks. And that's the important thing. But, you know, when we overthink things, we can go round and round and round. The thing is, when you overthink, this is what happens. You go round in circles, and the view is the same. But when you climb the mountain with Jesus, the view is different. So, overthinkers, if you've got something on your lap, which is a big bundle of overthinking, and you stand up, what happens? Talk to me. I'm friends. It falls off. Yes, we're here together. Okay, so... Those overthinkers, up on your feet. Stand up. Here we go. Look around. You thought it was just you, didn't you? Thought it was just me. I'm the only overthinker in the church. Look around. Every age. Every... Good man. I'm glad you're sitting down. I'm so glad. We need you. There's something on you, your life that God's going to use, not just for your generation. But I just want you to look around. That There's generations standing up in this room. And God's called you to generations. Don't put yourself in a box. And don't let anybody else put you in a box. Because you're bigger than you think you are in the kingdom of God. So, Father, I pray you anoint him now. That he is secure in the knowledge that he's called and chosen for such a time as this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. No overseas. And help these not to overthink. Remind them. Okay, so you stood up, it went. Because, you know, overthinking is a bad habit. But if you can have a bad habit, you can have a good one because you've already done habits. Okay? You've got, you know how to do a habit. So when you want to overthink, I want you to say no. So can we have a practice? Ready? One, two, three. No. I mean loud. I mean seriously, overthinking is not good for you. Ready? One, two, three. No. I like that. Now pray with me. Hands on your heart. And pray with me. Jesus, forgive me for overthinking. I want to trust you. I want to hear from you. I want to do your will. So thank you today. As I stood up, it fell off. I won't pick it up. In Jesus' name.
Amen. If you're sitting, can you clap these amazing, brave people? Because heaven right now is cheering. <laughs> heaven is having a party. <laughs> Listen, if church is boring, it's because we are. He is not boring. Heaven is having a party right now. It's like, Dad, did you see? And you think, oh, what is she coming from? But actually, it's in the Bible. Be encouraged. I do know. Um, oh, I've lost it. Did I lose it? Yes, I did. Okay. It's in Psalms. But it says, heaven, heaven, Jesus looks over heaven's balcony. In love, he's looking at us today. Jesus, in love, looks over heaven's balcony. He goes, Dad, did you see that? He's like, yes, son, I did. And Jesus looks at his nail-pierced hands and he's going, so worth it. So worth it. And if you're watching online, I hope you're standing in your lounge, in your meetings, wherever you are. Let's be together in this because Jesus sees you too. He's not caught in time. He sees you and he knows you and he loves you with a passion. But today we're going to do business with Jesus. And so as you're watching, I just want you to, when we stand you stand, put your hand on your heart. Come on this journey with us. I dare you. Okay? Good. Okay, we've got those sorted. And now we might be able to do something else. Um, so he taught them the truth about Jesus. And so these are the things you could talk about. It's just a tiny little glimpse. But you could talk about mercy, kindness, grace, power, peace, and truth. Faithful. He's totally faithful. He really is. He's, if all things, he is faithful to us. He knew us. Before he formed us. For me, that's a miracle. I have been his problem child. But he knew me and he still formed me. Don't you think that's a miracle? I do. I'm like, oh my goodness me, I have been a problem. I, I still can be. Um, he's, he has authority. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's a healer. He's a provider. He's a door opener. He's a pain taker. He's compassionate. He's long suffering. He's patient. He's a burden carrier. He's a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. It's not just a song. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And, you know, friendship is, is I think COVID has really shown what friendship is really about. People have really wanted friendships. They've wanted connection. And you have to remember that he is the king of friendships. You know, if you're lonely, then just get close to him and then he'll guide you to someone who'll take, take you on the journey. It's not complicated. Oh, they're the people who do that too. Who are the complicators? Who complicates everything? I ask God, I've cared for a lot of people. I've been Christian a long time. I'm a trained counsellor, worked in our local community with the police. I'm a trained drugs counsellor um, and worked with the police. And I'm like, Lord, why do people complicate things? And he said two reasons, one to make themselves important and one to make sure they never have to do it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness me, that's, that's very real. <laughs> so I won't ask you which one you are, but I would ask that if you're a complicator, raise your hands, complicators. Like, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> don't think you're the only one. Who are the complicators? Complicate everything. Be like, oh, I don't know if I can... What if I, and, and maybe it could, and, and, and you're only having lunch. <laughs> but where will we go? What will we do? Who will eat? How will we eat it? Who should I invite? Should I invite someone? Stop. Don't complicate it. Life is simple with Jesus. It's come to him, and he will make it right. So who's the, the complicators? Over, come on. Who complicates things? You put your hands up in the beginning. Stand to your feet, lovely people. Up you go. It's fallen off. We're not complicating things anymore. Yeah, I love you. What a good mum. What a great mum you are. And, you know, there's a peace that comes today when you let go of complicating things. There's a real peace that it's going to be yours, 
that you will be known for peace. People will just be with you and think, oh, I felt stressed, but actually I feel peace now. And you will be a peace carrier to a world that needs peace like it's never needed it before. And you won't complicate. Well, how will I do it? When will I do it? Now, why is she saying that? Well, how can I do that? God is going to do it because you are faithful and you are precious in his sight. Amen. And if you're thinking, why did she say that to her and not to me? Stop it. <laughs> if one is blessed, we're all blessed. If one cries, we all cry. So if you need it, take it. Behave. If you need some peace, take it. God's good. Hands on your heart, amazing people who are standing. Pray with me. Jesus, I let go and I trust you today to do your will is my desire. I won't make it complicated anymore. Amen. Heaven is really having a party now. It's like, oh my goodness, let's cheer and clap these people. Oh, you may sit down. Can you imagine Jesus in heaven now going, oh, we're going to have so much fun. It's like, oh, now when I ask them, they won't overthink it, complicate it, all go around in circles. He's the hope giver. He's eternal. He's the promise keeper. He's the freedom giver. He binds up the brokenhearted. He's the lover of my soul. He's the lover of the lost. He's the lover of the broken. He's the lover of truth. And the truth will set you free. It's really important that we understand there's truth in this word. In this word. And I want to encourage you. Written on my Bible is prophesy. We are all called to prophesy. Don't need a microphone to prophesy. And in this season, we need to be prophesying. And if some of you are like, well, I'm not sure what that is. It's a word of encouragement. But it comes with authority because the world can encourage. But it comes with an authority and it comes with a security that it's going to happen. It's not just, oh, you're lovely, which you are. It's more than that. It's you're lovely because God has called you to the lost and the lonely and the hurting. Can you hear the difference? We're all called to do that. And imagine it, 12 guys changed the world with a lot of women helping them. Truly. Imagine what we could do, church, if we all started living in the power of the Spirit of God and prophesying. And those of you who want to prophesy and you want to move in that gift, stand up right now. God is going to anoint you. There's going to, he's going to anoint you. Yeah, he is. There's a hunger in you, sir. What's your name? Rod. Rod. Rod, God's seen your hunger and he's seen your frustration at times. He's like, Lord, and he's heard you. And he wants to say today, there's a fresh anointing, Rod, that you will, be, you will bring security. A rod is a stabilizer and you will stabilize situations. You will stabilize people's lives. God will give you words to bring stability. That's the word he wants to say to you today, that you are a stability to many people. There's a lot of people out there now wavering, but just one time with you, even when you walk past them, I believe your shadow is going to bring stability in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I believe God's going to anoint us today. I really do. I believe that. I believe he's going to anoint us. We're going to prophesy. We're not going to be weird. We're going to prophesy. We're going to speak life over people. So put your hand on your heart and pray with me. If you're seated, can you pray for them that are standing? This is a a God moment. Pray with me, Jesus, today, thank you that you want to use me, that I can prophesy, I can bring life, I can bring hope, just with a word, just with a smile, just bringing life to people. Now anoint me with holy boldness, 
holy boldness. And I'll do it. And together, Jesus, we'll see your kingdom come and your will done. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. If you're sitting down, these need a big clap and have a look around and encourage them. Yes, Jesus. Look, his church, you know, six hot weekends is on purpose, for purpose. And, you know, imagine what we would be like at the end of six weeks if we all step out and do what God's called us to do. Imagine. The truth will set you. He's the lover of the world. John 3, 16 is not just the word. For God so loved the world that he gave. And there's a generosity in this church. I just want to commend you from heaven. You're a generous church. You're generous people. You're generous not just with your finance. You're generous with your time. You're generous with your thoughts. Some churches have a struggle thinking good thoughts. But this church, you know, it's written in heaven about you, that you are generous, that you're kind, and God's going to use you in ways you just have no idea. And some of you are thinking, good job. He's the eternal life giver. He's the partner for sins. He's the way maker. He's the miracle worker. So you could talk about all those things. When was the last time you told someone how good Jesus is to you? Just how good he is. You know, just surviving sometimes is all you need to say. I did COVID. I did it. I'm still here. You know, I mean, it is a real thing. It's like we are very blessed in Australia. I'm going to Europe and, you know, obviously my family are in England. My sister's in England. And, you know, during that time, it was just consumed them. It just Everyone knows someone in England. If not, I mean, I've got three friends who died of COVID in England. You know, three. It's like, seriously, Jesus. Um, you know, and so we have so much to be grateful for in this country. And let's not take it for granted. Let's not be the ones who say, oh, why this or why that? But actually say, this is where God put me. And I will prophesy over this land that your kingdom will come, your will will be done, and we will see revival in this land and from this land to the nations. Amen? We can do that. You know, what you confess with your mouth helps you. You know, how many times have we believed a lie? A lie has no power except that you believe it. But the truth has no power unless you believe that too. And we're talking a lot about fire, I think, around the churches, not just here. You know, there's a fresh wind, there's a fire of your spirit. But some of you in here are like, yeah, it's for everyone else, but not for me. But actually, it's not the size of the flame, because you keep comparing. Stop it. It's not the size of the flame. It's the power of he who lit it. I'm going to say that again, especially as you're watching. It's not the size of the flame. We so often compare. It is the power of he who lit it in you. And he's lit it on purpose. And, you know, people, especially in America, will actually go and watch fires. They chase them. But you and I both know in this nation, it only needs a spark. One spark to start a bushfire. That can consume everything. So imagine if you were that flame and you were that spark. Imagine if you were that spark that just changed this nation. Why not? Why not? I can't find any reason why not in the Bible. Why not? I could be that spark. You could be that spark that starts a fire in this nation that has the world watching. And why not? Because it's not the size of the flame. It's the power of he who lit it. And he's lit it on purpose. And so don't hide it. Don't hide it. Just, oh, I'm not sure. Stop it. We're going there, okay? 
Saviour means life giver. And salvation means unshackled. Unshackled. And some of you are shackled to your past that is stopping you reaching your future. And so if you know that your past is as present as it shouldn't be, you know, you can't change your past. You can change today and you can change the rest of your life. But if your past is something that keeps coming and knocking on your door going, no, you can't do that. Well, if you didn't have that past, you could do that. That's not true. It's a lie. The truth is that you're called of God. The truth is that you can be free. And that's the truth. It's the truth. And your past has no future in your future unless you give it. So right now, if you know that your past is, is actually something that challenges you and gets you to that place, put your hand up and say, yeah, Margaret, my past is, is something that keeps coming back. It keeps knocking on the door. And I'm like, no, but it comes in and it, just, it feels like it disqualifies you. Yeah, I understand. I've been there. Because you can start thinking like, yeah, well done. Okay, over here. Well done. Look at you amazing people over there too. See? Look around. You thought it was just you who stuck in the past. No, today is the day of freedom. And as you raised your hand, you know what we're going to do? You've got all of that stuff, all your past. Some of you got a big, big box. It's on your lap. And as you stand up, oh, I hear chains falling. I hear chains falling. He's going to unchain you from your past as you stand today. Up now in Jesus' name. Just stand up. He's going to hear. We hear chains falling. 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 We hear it. Is our drummer in the room? Is the drummer around? Do we have a drummer? Is he here? Is he having a break? Hello, Mr. Drummer. I need you. These people need a drum. They need to hear God's heartbeat. Just take us somewhere. God's going to do it. We're going to take time today. This is so important because our past can actually hijack our future. And for you guys, that's what's happened. It's like you keep going feeling like, I can't change it. No, you can't. But he can change the rest of today. And as the drums play, I want to catch God's heartbeat for you, that he paid the price for your past. It's done. What did Jesus say on the cross? It is finished. Drummer, drum. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Come on, Jesus. Amen. Under your feet. It's under your feet. It's under your feet. Yeah, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's dealt with. It's dealt with. It's dealt with. Paid the price. It's dealt with. Yes, yes. Amen. Other people have a keyboard player. I have a drummer. <laughs> Amen. Stay with me. We may go there again. As you've stood today, your past fell off. What we tend to do is as we leave, I'll just take a bit. It's an excuse for my bad behaviour. I've had it for a long time. It's kind of familiar. And uh, I don't know who I'd blame if I didn't have that. You can't do that today. There's no picking up your past. This is a day of freedom. This is a day to look forward to say God's going to use me. I'm forgiven. I'm chosen. I'm loved. We walk differently. We talk differently when we're loved. And as you've stood, Jesus is like, oh, look, Dad. 
hand on your heart. You're so loved. There's such a sense of love in this room right now. Pray with me, Jesus. Pray out loud, people. Get loud. We didn't mumble. We're not called to mumble. Jesus, thank you. Today, I'm set free from my past. I will not go backwards. From today, I'm yours. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to run my race. And you're going to use me. In Jesus' name, I'm ready. Amen. Amen. Can you clap if you're seated? Drummer, can we drum the man? Amen. What fun. Uh, what a great swap. You came with a past and you're going with a future. It's God's swap shop today. Bring your rubbish and take home blessings. How good is he? How good is he? Amen. Yes. Come on, let's give Jesus all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. You alone are worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Psalm 25 and verse 5. He's a hope giver. He, he guides us in truth. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my saviour and my hope is in you all day long. You know, there is a famine of hope in our nation and in the nations. You know, I am going to Moldova. I've been going there for a long time. And there is a real famine of, of hope. But the people have rallied in the middle of this mess like never before. I'm so excited to go. Fred's like, really? I'm like, yes, it's going to be fine. Um, but you know what? There is a hope, hope that hopes against all hope. Abraham, against all hope, he hoped. He wasn't in denial. He didn't look at his wife and think, chick. If you're visiting, she was old. He wasn't in denial. He wasn't like, she is. Um, mm. No, he looked at her and he was like, hmm. And he looked at himself and went, hmm. But against hope, Abraham hoped. And sometimes that's what we have to do. Against all hope, hope. And I just want to encourage you that he hears us. And hope is a gift that we can give away. And it's not, you don't have to hope. I don't have to hope for a Bible. I've got one. But what are you hoping for today? Just want you to take a moment and think, what am I truly hoping for? Because he wants to give you what you're hoping for. He wants to have that moment with you. And today, if you've stood, I want you to write it down in your phone or write it down. Don't want you to leave this building. I'm happy to pray with you at the end and we'll make sure that it's solidified. But this is an important day in God. And that's the same with hope. It's like he wants to give us all an injection of hope today. He's like, you need it? Come on, I'm going to give it to you. But you have to claim that. Okay, I'm not going to make you stand for that. That's a choice. Not that I'd make you anyway. <laughs> He's trustworthy. Okay, and trust is a very big issue for a lot of people. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Submit to him. And he will make your path straight. Many of us do this. We do go around in circles. Oh, and the view is the same. But he will make our path straight. And, and, you know, we are much more equipped and able to reach the goal if we go straight and not round in circles. But trust is a real issue for a lot of people. And Fred and I used to do a, a pre-marriage course. And I used to say to him, I don't trust my husband. And they're like, what? I'm like, no, I trust God with my marriage. 
Why would I trust Freddie's like me? <laughs> I know how bad I am. <laughs> I know I'm not. You know, and we put, why, how many of us know people who are not in church? Because they put their trust in people. And people disappointed them. Well, we all disappoint God all the time. But he still loves us. But if we put our, our trust in him, he is worthy of our trust. And trust is a big issue. It is a big issue. I'm, you know, I'm in church because of Jesus and no one else. And my trust is in him. Yes, I, I, you know, I'll pray for our leaders. I bless them. But, you know, my trust isn't in them. Why would it be? Because they will fail no matter how wonderful they are because they're human and we fail. That's why we need a saviour. You know, I used to think, I don't need a saviour. I can do all this on my own because I was very independent. Oh, are we going to go there now? Okay, independence. This is the deal. Sorry. I want to go somewhere else. We're going to independent. I was fiercely independent. You know what fiercely independent means? I don't trust you. When you're independent, how many of us have said, if you want a job done well, do it yourself? Yeah, I know. I say it all the time. I don't now. Independence actually robs us of trusting. Because while you do it yourself, God won't make us. I love that he's not a controller. I love that. If he was a controller, I couldn't serve him. But he gives us choice, and sometimes we choose to be independent. And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, it's all right. I know you're busy. I'll deal with this one. And we can't. We need to be totally dependent because he is trustworthy. And so if that's you, if you know that you're still fiercely independent, or even a little bit, stand up. Come on. Look around. Oh, you're so lovely. Look around. You thought it was just you. Look around. I know why, because I've been there. It's like, what if? What if? I can do this, but we can't. We need a saviour. We need to trust in him. We need to be those people who say, I'm going to totally depend on you. You know, when I get up here, I, I say, if you've got nothing to say, I've got nothing to say. Because I don't want to do things outside anymore. I've done it for, I did it for a long time. But, you know, there's freedom. There's freedom when you depend on God and not yourself. There's real freedom. Because you can just say, well, he did it. <laughs> it's his problem, not mine. And today, as you've stood, I really believe that heaven is just so sending you a well done. Well done. Jesus' heart is for you today. Right now, he's really for you. So are you ready? Hand on your heart. Jesus, thank you that you're trustworthy. I love you, but I like my independence. But today, I submit to you and I ask that you help me to depend on you only. In Jesus' name, I receive your peace to do it. Right now, there's peace in this room. It's tangible. Whether you're sitting down or whether you're standing up, I want you to receive peace. Because where the presence of the Lord is, there's peace and liberty. And he's here right now, giving you peace. Peace to walk it out. Peace to trust him. Peace to say yes when you want to say no. Peace to believe that he's called you by name. Peace to believe he hasn't finished with you yet. Yeah, that's for you. That's especially for you. He hasn't finished with you yet. 
and you've told him, I'm done. Can't do any more. I've done all I can do. And he's like, I haven't finished with you yet. You're precious and honoured in my sight. And I'm confident of this, that he who's begun a good work in you will perform it. Lord, let your peace be tangible. Let us be carriers of your peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, let it settle. Let it settle. Thank you, Jesus. Let's thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your freedom. Jesus loves us, and we can say that very easily, but the truth is, he really does. In Romans 8, 39, neither height nor depth, nor coronavirus, nor lack of funds, nor lack of vision, nor lack of opportunity, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. And I want you to think of things that have separated you in the past. Disappointment separates. People say, how could God do that? I don't know. You'll ask him when you get there. But you know, it's not for us to know everything. And we've raised up a generation who want to know everything. It's like, well, we don't. Jesus does. But he is, he loves us with a passion that kept him on the cross. When he could have called a legion of angels to take him off. He saw you and me coming and he thought, oh, Margaret needs a saviour. I'm staying. But he could, have called, he could have gone. He could have said, but he didn't. He said, not my will, but yours be done. That's love. When you love someone, it's not my will anymore. And for me, that was a big deal. It was like, I like my will. I've, my mum used to call me willful, <laughs> and I was. Um, but you know, love actually covers everything. It's not just a word. It's a truth. And love is not manipulative. And often we say we love people, but we love them as long as they do what we want them to do. And that's manipulation. But Jesus, while we were yet sinners, died for us. While we were yet sinners, he died. That's the love that we carry. Isn't that amazing? We are so privileged, loved unconditionally. I didn't, you know, he didn't, I didn't find him. He chose me when I was 30. I'm like, seriously, I'd lived a life. But you know what? He knew his timing. Now he'd knocked on the door of my heart long before that. Long, long before that. But I was too independent and too blinded. But today he's opening our eyes to see the love of Jesus and to actually give it to people. You can't give what you don't have. And he wants to baptise us in love today. Immerse us. He wants to fill us full of love so that we've got some to give away. You know, if you don't love yourself, it says, love your neighbour as yourself. And I loved people. I didn't love myself. I loved people. I was always ready to serve people, but I didn't love myself. But today, I want you to know that you are loved and you are chosen. And I want you to sit and just open your hands and just receive love. Just where you are. He's going to baptise you. He's going to immerse you in His love in His grace, in His truth. Lord, we receive. Baptise us in love. Love that knows no bounds. 
love that's quick to forgive. Help us to love ourselves as you love us. Right now, Jesus, fill us with that type of love. We receive it. Amen. You've got some to give away. How good is that? He's our helper. I'm going to fly through some of these. He's our helper. Um, Hebrews 13, 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I'll not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Let's make sure that we put our total trust and confidence in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we're all challenged by people, all of us. But let's remember, the Lord is my helper. Where does your help come from? And so often we run to people and Jesus lets us. He's like, off you go, see how that works for you. But he says, come to me. Come to me. I'm the one who can help you. I'm the one who wants to help you. I'm the one who's got the answer. Hello. I can help you. But often we go to people and I'm really not sure why, but I've done it. And he's like, he's a jealous God. He's like, why are you going there? I'm like, well, because they're available. Is that so am I? Well, I can see them. Well, you can see me through eyes of faith. So come to me. Come to me. Because he wants to give us help. We all need help. But where does it come from? Yes, he gives us pastors. Yes, he gives us people. But they're really there to confirm what we've already found in Jesus and to cheer us on. And that's, you know, it's like prophecy. It should never be revelation. It's confirmation. It always confirms what God is doing already. And that's what we do as pastors. That's what we do when we help each other. We're actually confirming and saying, yes, you're hearing from God. It's good. So let's do it. What can mere man do to me? Just challenge us. I dare you. I like daring people. I dare you. What's your name? Yeah. Eloise? It's a great name. I dare you to change your nation. I dare you to believe that he can use you right now, not when you're old and grey, and not when you've got it all together, that he can use you right now with your friends, with your family. He wants to use you and he's chosen you. And he's going to use you right now. As you read your Bible, it's going to come to life. You're going to go, oh, does that mean me? Yeah, it does. And as you worship, he's going to go, oh, there she is. He sees you. And you've often felt no one sees you. But he sees you. And he loves you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can have that too, it's okay. It's all right. If I say it out loud, it's yours. Claim it. Just have it. Like, oh, I want some of that. Take it. Take it. It's all out there. Jesus saves us. This is my final verse, but it's, for me, the most important out of all. It's in Romans 10 and 13. It can be really familiar. I don't want to break the familiar today. I want you to hear this fresh. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We'll be saved when you call on His name. That's not just salvation, people. That's saved from misery. That's saved from lying. That's saved from cheating. That's saved from being envious of other people. That's saved from yourself whenever you get in the way. It's full salvation. It's not just a moment. We are saved on purpose, for purpose. And we're saved to bring the kingdom come and His will done. But it does start with a one-off moment in time that we say yes to Jesus. And then, you know what? how gracious He is? If you said it a while ago, 
and you're not walking with Him, He goes, let's do it again. Action replay. Come back. We can do it again and again and again and again. You know, Reinhard Bonnke, if you heard of him, he was an amazing evangelist. He was in a little church in Germany and he, every appeal, he came forward. Every single one. And the elders went to his dad and they said, you must deal, you must deal with Reinhardt. He comes every week. And he said, when he's got him, he won't. And he got Jesus on a level that changed nations. When he actually knew that he had given his life to Jesus, he changed the world. And so we can come fresh, we can return to him, but heaven cheers at both. And you know, my mum knew everything about the Queen. My mum loved the Queen every birthday. What do you want, Mum? A book on the Queen. She would have loved this weekend. I think an angel might have gone up and told her. There's a lot going on down there. Um, But she loved it. So she'd say, but my mum knew the Queen's birthday. She knew her children's birthday. She knew what tea she drank, her favourite biscuits or cookies. She loved all her children's birthdays. But if you listen to my mum, you think, oh, they're so close. My mum never met the Queen. And you can know all about Jesus today. You might have even read his book. You can know all about him. And you may have been coming to church and singing about him. But do you know him on a personal level? Not about him, but know him. That you've met him as a personal saviour. A personal deliverer. If that's you today, I want you to raise your hand and say, Margaret, I want to come to know Jesus. Or I'm coming back right around the room. Just raise your hand and just say, Margaret, that's me. I want to know Jesus. Hey again. Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au. And thanks again for listening.